awesome, awesome, man. It is great to be back at Next Level. My family and I have been on a uh, vacation together for the last couple weeks, and there is no place like home. Dorothy was right. So, man, it is so great to be back at Next Level Church, and we're just so pumped about launching this brand new summer series that we're calling Seeing Red. And for the next six weeks, we're going to have a blast. We're going to do fun, creative things. And most of all, we're going to be talking about anger. And the reason why is because anger is one of those things that is constantly present in all of our lives, isn't it? At different times, in different ways, anger pops up in all of our lives. And, and surprisingly, the Bible actually has a ton to say about this issue of anger in our lives. As a, as a matter of fact, while I was writing this message, we were at a, at a um, hotel in Wisconsin and a couple weeks ago, and I had some initial thoughts, and I was putting them together. And so I got up early, went to the lobby of this hotel, and sat down with my laptop to work on this message, to put, put it all together and to write it out. And as I'm sitting there, there is the most annoying fly like all, and I'm just, I was seeing red, ah, you know, and, it's just, and so finally it landed on my jeans and I was like, I went all karate kid. I'm like, and I got him and I squeezed him and I threw him on the ground and declared victory to no one in particular, but it was like, like I'm sitting there writing a message on anger. And I'm getting angry at this stupid fly. I'm like, what is, what? And so, but isn't it funny how anger just pops up in all of our lives for different things? And some are small and, and silly like that, and other, others are, are a bigger deal. And here's the thing, depending on our personality or our temperament, each one of us have a different response to anger. When anger comes up in our lives, some, some people are, are yellers. And the minute they get angry, man, their tone and their voice goes up and they just start shouting and yelling. Others of us, we're criers. And when we get angry, we start to cry and we just kind of hold up. Others of us, we kind of just clam up and, are you okay? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Some of us, you know people like that, right? Others of us, we kind of do the exact opposite. We go like all extroverted and we end up saying things or doing things that we later regret, that that we, we don't like. And see, what's crazy is as we study the Bible, we discover that the Bible actually has a lot to say on this subject of anger. And I'm so excited that for the next six weeks, we're talking about this issue of anger. And we're going to look at it from a lot of different angles and different perspectives on on anger and and how we manage that, how we deal with that. And so this weekend, to get us started, what I actually want to talk about is five thoughts on anger, kind of an intro to anger, if you will, in terms of, of the Bible. And so if you have your bulletin, I would love for you to open it all the way up. You can follow along with my train of thought there. Or if you have a, a smartphone and you have the YouVersion app, we, um, you can go to the live event and you'll be able to follow along with all of the, the verses and, and points that we're talking about. As we talk through this weekend, five thoughts on anger according to Scripture. And the first thought, if you want to write it down, I would love for you to take this note, is that according to the Bible, anger is not always bad. That according to Scripture, anger is not always bad. Anger means that something isn't right, that, that expectations aren't being met. And, and according to scripture, anger is not always bad. I think we kind of assume and lump in that all anger is, is horrible, but according to scripture, that's not true. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. Uh, the verses will be on the screen. You can follow along there. Here's what it says. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Notice that the Bible doesn't say, do not get angry. 
it says, in your anger. That there are going to be times where you are angry. But there's a difference between being angry and sinning. In your anger, do not sin. The Bible says it a different way in James chapter 1, verse 19. It says this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Again, notice it doesn't say everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and never get angry. It says that everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Because see, anger in and of itself is not always bad, but when anger is handled the wrong way, that's when it can lead to bad things. About a year and a half ago, I was uh, scheduled to speak at a conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And so uh, it, the conference started Monday afternoon, like at one o'clock. And so my, my flight was scheduled, you know, for like 7.50 a.m. or whatever it was. And so I did the deal and I got to the airport early. And I am one of those guys who, you know, I know how to pack my briefcase and I pack my roll aboard because, baby, I can roll it aboard. Like I'm one of those guys in security that none of you like. Like, I'm that guy. It ta- I got 14 bins. It takes me 27 minutes. I, I can take shoes off, belt off, like, watch off. What, like, bam, I got you, security. What's up now? Like, I'm that guy. And so I get there. I do the whole 25-minute deal, getting through security, you know, put the, the whole watch and the thing and the shoes and the deal. I get in there. And so, and I'm one of those guys who's very analytical in the airport because I don't want to miss my flight. And so every time I walk past a screen, like we were in a few airports this week with our family on vacation, and every time we go past, I'm like, boys, hang on, come here. Okay, all right, our flight's still on time, and it's still at the same gate. Like, I'm, like I'm that guy. I just, I always want to check. So, so I'm walking through, and I'm like, okay, Atlanta, flight number such and such, gate C7. Okay, great, I got it. So I went, and I, I got, you know, went to the bathroom, did whatever, and came out, looked at the thing, okay, so there's our flight, Atlanta, C7, and so I go to the gate C7, I get there, there's the big electronic thing, it says ATL, Atlanta, there's the flight number, C7, okay, great, and it says 7.50, now 8 o'clock, or whatever, it's like delayed by 10 minutes, I'm like, well, that's kind of weird, and there's all these people sitting around, so I'm sitting there, you know, and, and I'm watching the thing, and so 7.50's coming, and so I, I'm like, well, I'll go get something to drink, so I went, and I checked the thing, you know, ATL, okay, there's a flight, no C7, okay, good, all right, went to the bathroom again, went, got up, looked at the gate, the big thing, C7, okay, so about like 20 minutes after 8, I, I suddenly realized all these people are still sitting here and nothing's happening, and so I walk up to the guy behind the counter, and I go, hey, you know, what's, uh, what's the status on the Atlanta flight, and he goes, uh, yeah, it left out of C9. <laughs> Seeing red. No lie. You lie, you fry. Okay, I'm not lying. I'm li- I said, what? It, he goes, yeah, it left out of C9. I go, well, the sign behind you says that it's here at C7, Atlanta. He goes, yeah, that must be wrong. <laughs> so by this time, this official-looking dude in a really cool suit overhears my conversation with him. And so he walks up, and he starts asking this guy, you know, looking at, you know, and so suit guy starts at, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, and the best thing when you're angry to do is to find somebody else, preferably guy in a nice looking suit, and you get him to come along. Misery loves company, baby. If I'm going to see red, you're going to see red, suit guy. You in? Uh, uh, yeah, we're in. What? He goes, yeah, they were making announcements over at C9. I'm like, well, we're sitting here at C7. 
That says, that says ATL, that the sign on, by the bathroom that I've been to like five times says C7. He goes, oh, yeah, that's controlled by the airport or whatever, so that's probably wrong. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I, I have to speak at a conference. It starts at 1 o'clock. What am I? He goes, uh, you know, the whole time, right? Okay, and he goes, well, you, you're going to have to go back out to the ticket counter and talk to them. I know. Like, do you know, like the ticket counter that's past security. <laughs> Me and my kitchen sink. We got to go out. Really? Okay. At that moment, I was seeing red. I'm angry. I'm mad. And I want heads to roll, baby. I want some heads to roll, which leads us to point number two. Anger makes us susceptible to greater dangers. Okay, if you're taking notes, write it down. Anger makes us susceptible to greater dangers. Proverbs 25, verse 28, look what it says. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. The Bible uses this metaphor, this imagery, that that our self-control is like a wall around a city. And when we allow anger... When we lose control, when we allow anger to rob us of our self-control, it's as if the wall around our life comes down. And the minute it does, suddenly we are exposed to all sorts of things that we, we would never be exposed to. We will cross boundary lines we never were intended to, to cross because anger is this gateway. It's this wall around us. And when we lose control and let our anger have control, it's as if the wall of our, of our life, of our city, goes down. And suddenly, it is on. And so there I am with me and clicky fingers. And I'm looking at him. And I'm like, seriously, i got to go to the ticket counter? And so suit guy and I take off walking. And I'm kind of, and suit guy can tell I'm ticked. I am seeing red, baby. It is on. I, I am mad. Somebody is going to pay for this. I want retribution. I want resignation. I want something that begins with R because I'm mad. I'm mad. And so me and Sukai, of course, by this time, Sukai can kind of tell that I'm really ticked. And so he's kind of started to space himself out a little bit for me. He is separating himself from the dude whose wall is down. And so I walk past security. I walk out to the ticket counter. And I'm like, God, I pray for that person. No, I actually didn't pray. I was just too mad. And I walk out there, and there's this lady behind the... And I walk up and I'm like, excuse me, told her the whole story. Walls down. And I mean, I am, I am livid. I, I am anger, anger. And I'm just, and, and what, you know why? Because I want you to feel my pain. I want, I figured this out. I was practicing this message this morning. Even as I'm going through it, I had this realization, like the times that get me the most angry, like the times that I get the most riled up, which clearly I'm over this. <laughs> is it hot in here? What is, what is going? Whew, somebody check the AC or something. It's, is my face red? I, it's these lights, I think. It's, it's the, I'm fine, really, with the anger thing. I got this. So, so I, I realized something about myself. Like the times that get me the most angry is when like I feel like I've, something's been done wrong. Like I've been violated in some way and there's no, ret- like there's no recourse. Like I have no options. I mean, are you kidding me? Our creative team can put together an incredible series like this in six hours and you can't get me on the flight on C9? Seriously though, I'm over it. <laughs> 
see, see here's, here's the thing. Oftentimes, anger in our life is really a wall around one statement. I'm not getting what I want. When we really start to dissect anger in our life, what we begin to discover and realize is most of the time, the vast majority of the time, anger is, is, is a wall around, I'm not getting what I want. For me in the airport that day, what I wanted was to be on that flight. I wanted to be on that flight. And, and this lady had the audacity to look at me and say, didn't you see all the people that were boarding an airplane on C9? <laughs> she said that. No, I'm not like, cross my heart, I'm telling you. I said, yeah, I did. I thought they were going somewhere else because my gate said ATL. Okay, wall's broken down. Which leads us to number three, which by the way, this metaphor, this story is going all the way through all five points. So, <laughs> number three, anger makes us do foolish things. Uh, collective groan was just bring out the worship team. We just need to repent. Jesus, we just look what Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse nine says Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit. For anger resides in the lap of fools. See, anger makes us do foolish things. Every one of us can think of times where we've said something or we've done something that we regretted later. It was foolish because of anger. And so there, <laughs> there I am giving it to this lady. And it's one, you know, okay, some of you can probably relate to it. Like, it's one of those moments in time where you're standing there and in your mind, you know, don't say that. Don't say that. She is, she is an evil bystander. I mean, an innocent bystander. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm talking? Like I was, I was so, she finally looked at me and she goes, sir, I can clearly see that you're very upset about this. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Why don't you go over in those chairs for 15 minutes and let me work on it? I got a time out. <laughs> Why are you clapping? I'm your pastor. You should be ashamed. You should be leaving. <laughs> don't clap. Don't cheer. I got a time out. I was so angry so i go over to the chairs where she told me to go me and alec baldwin <laughs> unbelievable so i go over to the chairs i said it's good to be back it is it is good to be back next level so i go over to the chairs and i call my wife and i'm just like honey raw and i'm just i'm just telling her the whole story and just and she says like only my wife sarah can do she goes matt matt stop it <laughs> true story stop it she goes you are a pastor in this city people know who you are you cannot act like that <laughs> and i said yes mom i know <laughs> It was so bad. It was so bad. What are we talking about? Anger makes us do foolish things, and this is why. 
We have a new policy that Matt is never allowed to travel alone because it's just, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a liability <laughs> for Jesus. <laughs> it's a liability. What is going on? Okay, number four. Anger never produced. Can you relate to this story, anybody? Come on, come on, come on. Number four, anger never produces what we hope it will. Anger never produces, does it, what we hope it will. Look what James chapter 1, verse 20 says. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God wants, God desires. See, man's anger never leads us where we want to go. We are never closer to God when we're acting out of anger. We're never a better spouse because we acted out of anger. We're never a better parent. We're, not a, a, we're never a better boss or a better employee when we speak, when we act, when we lead out of anger. It never leads us ultimately where we want to go. The, man's anger does not ever lead to the righteous life that God desires for us. When we act out of anger, when we speak out of anger, when we lead out of anger, it never leads us where we want to go. We travel a lot, and so um, one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me is that I got a GPS because <laughs> you think I get angry in airports. <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding. I'm, I'm better now. What are you doing? What? <clears throat> so I got a GPS, and his name is Jack. We're on a first-name basis. Uh, I didn't give him that name. They did. Uh, and so I picked his voice, and I'm like, nice, Jack. Good to see you. So one of the things I love about Jack is that uh, I'm never lost. So I can punch in uh, directions to where to whatever I'm going, the address or whatever. And so then you just hit go, and uh, it just, it'll tell you in the bottom left-hand corner of the GPS, it'll tell you the arrival time. So it'll say, you know, arriving at 524. And so I love that. And what I love is when I miss a turn, it's not if with me, it's when. When I miss a turn, what I, one of the things I love about my GPS is it instantly can recalculate. So within a few seconds, it'll just recalculate your course and just kind of take you on different roads and it'll find a way to get you there. I'm never lost, which is amazing. But what it does do is it adjusts the arrival time. So instead of getting there at 524, it'll say, now you're arriving at 529. And then when I miss the next turn, it says, now you're arriving at 534, whatever. It keeps adjusting. See, here's the thing. It's, it's anger is kind of like that. This is not that you can't get there. It just takes you longer and, and it's harder and it's further to get to the destination you were trying to get to. So when we parent out of anger, it's not that, it's not that you're not going to get the result you want. It just, you ju- you're just adding time to the journey that you're trying to take your kids on. When we lead in our workplace out of anger, it's, it, 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 it's, it's so often there are these, these unintended consequences that come And feelings get hurt and relationships get severed and respect gets lost. Why? Because the wall of self-control has gone down and anger has influenced how we're leading and how we're living. And it's not that you can't get to the destination you desire, but when you act out of anger, it's just going to take you a lot longer to get there. And number five, anger is its own punishment. Look at Proverbs 19, 19, it says, a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. He must pay the price. If you rescue him, you'll have to do it again. In other words, he won't learn his lesson. 
that an angry person, a hot-tempered man or woman, has to pay the penalty. There is always a price to be paid when we act out of anger. And maybe that price comes in the form of severed relationship. Maybe that price comes uh, in the form of distance uh, with someone we love. Or, or maybe it comes in the form of a loss of respect. That price can be paid in any number of ways. Hurt feelings, regret, embarrassment. We've all been there. But either way, when we act out of anger, there's always a price, a penalty, the Bible says, to be paid. And so after my wife kind of talked to me <laughs> off the ledge that morning, um, I, I actually went back up to the counter and I apologized. And I said, ma'am, I just want to tell you that I'm really, really sorry, that I was really upset and I was very angry and it was wrong of me to take that out on you. And I apologized to her and she helped me get on another flight and we changed my plans around in Atlanta and we, we made it to the conference and it was great. But see, anger kind of has that built-in mechanism, doesn't it? You guys, I'm so excited about this series. I'm so excited because for the next several weeks, we're going to have a chance to let God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, do some work on our heart. And it starts this weekend. And, and, and maybe, you're, maybe you're listening today and you're thinking to yourself, okay, Matt, great, but what, you know, so what's the, what's the takeaway? What do we do? Okay, great. We can all see ourselves in the story. We can, we can see ourselves in the verses. Okay, what do we do? What's the homework of week one? Here's the homework. A couple of thoughts come to mind. And, and the first one is this. I, I think the first takeaway for this weekend is that, that you and I would be aware over the next several days, over the next several weeks, in our everyday life, that, that you and I would be aware of the fact of the when and the how of our anger. When are those moments where we're seeing red? Where are those moments where, where, we are, where, where our anger rises up? It, maybe it's, it's in an email that the boss sent. Maybe it's, it's, it's in a phone message from so-and-so. Maybe it's, it's when you get that text message from your ex. Maybe whatever it is. Okay, where are those moments? When and how? Where are those moments in our everyday life where anger rises up? And then uh, the, the, I think the challenge for us this week and over the next several weeks as we go through this series is to give ourselves permission then in those moments to pause and rise above that scenario and ask the question, why? Why am I angry? Why did this upset me? Why did that tone of voice bother me? Why when she said that? Why when the kids did this? Why did it upset me that way? What is it that I want, that I'm not getting, that's causing me to be angry. See, I'm so excited about this series because I believe that the Lord is going to do an awesome work of maturing us, lots of us, over, this, over the weeks of this series. And I just believe that if you and I will give him permission to do what he wants to do, to put that searchlight on those areas, those specks of our life. This is how we get better, guys. This is how we grow, isn't it? This is how we do it. It's not complicated. It's simply coming to God saying, God, I'm open. Help me get better. Everybody struggles with anger. Everybody's got that wall. It's fine. Lord, help me to live an examined life. I just believe that if we'll do that, 
that God will begin to show up in our everyday life in crazy ways and reveal to us like only he can and help bring about life change in our lives. And the result will be life change in relationships, life change in our marriage, life change in in our workplace, life change in our attitude, life change in our focus. But it starts with us giving God permission. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us. And while we do, I I want to, the spirit of the Lord is here. And I just believe that there are some of us who have harmed someone. You've done damage somewhere. By your words, by your actions, by letting the wall come down and letting your anger rule the day. And to this day, there's, there's division, there's distance between you and maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's, it's, a, it's a, a, a parent-child relationship and there's distance between you and your parents, there's distance between you and, and your children maybe. Maybe it's a coworker or a friend. That something was said, something was done out of anger and it caused a division. And I just believe that the Spirit of the Lord right now would just stir your heart. Some of us, the whole time I've been talking this weekend, you've, you've been feeling it on the inside. The Bible word is conviction. There's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. See, the Spirit of God never condemns us, but He will convict us. And I just believe that some of us have been convicted this weekend. And the whole time you've been listening to that, you just, there's been this stirring inside of you. Listen, that's God prompting, stirring your heart to say, come on, grow up a little bit. Take ownership of this. Go back to the ticket counter and tell her you're sorry. Own it. And some of us need to make an awkward phone call this week. Some of us need to send a text that says, hey, I need to talk to you. I'm really sorry. The way I acted, the, way I, the, word, the things I said, the way I behaved was inappropriate. And it was not Christ-like. And I'm sorry. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us. And I just want to pray that we would pray a prayer of dedication to say, Lord, you have permission to show me those moments in time where I'm seeing red and help me dig out why. So across this place, can we just bow our heads today? Father, thank you. Father, thank you for the word of God that is so timeless and so timely. God, I thank you that over the the weeks of this series, marriages are going to be healed. Where there have been words spoken and things done out of anger, Lord, you're going to bring healing there. Father, I pray for courage for so many of us, that we would have the courage to not just let it be what it is, to not just just let that big elephant in the room just exist. No, God, we're going to be, we're going to be mature about this. We're going to take ownership. Even if the other party's not sorry, even if they'll never acknowledge they did anything wrong for our sake, we're going to go and we're going to be the bigger person. We're going to ask forgiveness. Some of us, I, I just feel so strongly in my spirit that you've done damage to an ex. And words were said out of anger. Words were said out of spite, out of retaliation. And you need to go and own your part. You need to make contact with, that, with your ex somehow this week. And you need to let them know, I'm sorry, that was not Christ-like and I own it. 
Others of us, it's, it's damage over a, in a friendship. And it's been years. And the Spirit of the Lord would say to you this weekend, go and make it right. Don't just let it hang. Don't just let it live out there. So God, right now, we just give you permission. We give you permission, Lord, to, to reveal to us, God, open our eyes over these next several weeks to see those moments of where and when and how this anger thing pops up in our life. And then, Lord, I pray that you would, in those moments, give us the courage and the ability to rise above it and to ask the question, why? What is it that I want that I'm not getting that I'm covering up for with anger? Lord, I pray that our lives would be changed over these next several weeks. God, thank you that you love us. Thank you, God, for bringing us to a place like this that we can do the hard work of digging into our heart and being better, being more like you, Jesus, because of it. God, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, amen.